everyone, and welcome to Generative Spirits, Conversations with Catholic Sisters, a Catholic sister podcast that explores how members of Northeast Ohio congregations respond to the signs of the times in ways only sisters can. My name is Rachel Droder, and this episode is the first of a series called Short Features, in which we pull short moments from our full-length episodes around a certain topic. This short feature will focus on Sister Rita Mary Horowitz's words about Bishop Pilla and Church in the City. We honor Bishop Pilla as we learned of his passing on September 21st, five days after we recorded this interview. In honor of Bishop Pilla, we use this feature to remember his work in Church in the City and beyond. To listen to the full episode, please tune in for part one and two of Sister Rita Mary's conversation with us out October 8th and 22nd, everywhere you get your podcasts, and on generativespirit.org slash podcast. As I look back from the beginning of the time I began in 1995, the year before 1994, Bishop Pilla had asked me if I would facilitate the planning for the Church in the City initiative, which probably was one of the most exciting um, initiatives. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't want to, I don't know what word I would use to describe what it was, but it moved. It was such a moving experience for me, but more importantly, it engaged the people of this diocesan community in ways that I think but people are still talking about today. It was an initiative where the bishop had written a pastoral letter about the impact of out-migration on the urban areas of our diocesan community. And we identified three of those areas, uh, Cleveland, Akron, and Lorraine, not only on the church, certainly, but on the entire community. And it occurred particularly after the Second World War as people moved away. Our population, for example, in Cleveland went from, in the 50s and early 60s, from a million people to, at that time, about 500,000. And the population in the suburban areas was just booming. And what they caused then was a separation between people. And so this letter that the bishop wrote asked the people of the diocese to really come together and reflect on ways that we might look at that, analyze it, understand it more fully, and then help to plan for the future. And there were four areas that we worked on. The first was education, understanding what was happening and really getting the information out and looking to see, does this fit us? Can we identify this? The second was partnerships, forming partnerships between peoples in different areas of the diocese, urban and suburban parishes coming together or urban, suburban and rural parishes coming together. The third was development, redevelopment, to look at ways that we could look at some of the the structures and the situations where we could have an influence and help to rebuild and renew. And then the final one was advocacy. I could give you many, many examples of uh, some things that happened, but I was thinking about one the other day because I was at St. Augustine's on West 14th Street 
St. Augustine's on 14th and St. Noel's in Willoughby Hills had a partnership. And at that time, Noaka was trying to figure out what to do with 14th Street as an entrance onto Route 71. The people of the area on 14th Street, and especially the churches, were very concerned because uh, the disruption of that area would really have impacted them quite seriously. In discussions with their partner parish, St. Noel, they decided together that they would ask for a meeting with Noaka, and the meeting took place in Willoughby Hills. The people from Noaka were amazed when they got to the meeting, there were 500 people in Willoughby Hills concerned about the construction of highways on West 14th Street. Really a beautiful example of how people could come together. Bishop Pilla always used to say, when we come to the table, everyone has a gift to share and everyone has a need that they want to fulfill. Nobody comes to the table poor or rich. I think that's a beautiful concept. From Church in the City then, in 2001, the bishop wrote another letter. This one was called Vibrant Parish Life, and it built on Church in the City. We had 130 partnerships out of Church in the City, and we had formed wonderful relationships between one another, some to greater extent than the others, certainly, but there was relationship that was happening and that was influencing our thinking and our way of doing things. So he said, you know, if we're able to establish partnerships over 25 or 30 miles, it would be good for us to look to see if we couldn't establish relationships with the parishes who are two miles down the road, that we would collaborate that we would work together. And that began another very fruitful and exciting process here in the diocese, again, engaging the people of the whole diocese. We are the church together. And so we met in small groups and looked at our strengths as parish communities. What were our strengths and what were our areas of gap? Where did we need help? We did that first in our own parish, and then we got together with neighboring parishes, and then we got together as whole regions. And there was great excitement in that. Yeah, it was a visionary document just to see the response of the people. It was amazing. And a lot of those relationships are still going on. That's incredible. That's what's so incredible. Yeah. And that's that's 27 years later. Wow. We had a national conference in the temple at University Heights that went all day. And it was broadcast all day on National Public Radio in the Cleveland area. Yeah. I did the color commentary. I didn't even know what color commentary was. What is color commentary? It's a sports thing. And it's the person who adds all the little details in between. And you were doing that? That's great. Yes. So... It's not the person that knows what the sport's about, but it's the person who knows everything else. Yeah. So I did the, with, um, what's his name? I was on the board for Idea Stream for six years, and he was always at the meetings. And he looked at me one day and he said, oh my gosh, it's you. I said, yeah, I'm still around. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a really exciting thing. As a part of that, we gave out these black cups they had church in the city on the cups. And when I was packing to leave, 
I found a box of them. So I took them. I said, we're not going to put this in a rummage sale someplace. I'm going to take them and I'm going to give them to the people that were on the committee. Oh, that's going to be so cool. It will be fun. <laughs> it was Len, Len Calabrese, you know, Bishop Hilla. Yeah. Len Calabrese, mm-hmm. Kathleen Ryan, Tom Alio, Rick Kravenka, David DeLambo. That was like the staff committee. Yeah. And then we had 24, three representatives from every county. And we met, believe it or not, we met every other Friday night from 6.30 until 9.30. Originally, the bishop wrote the letter, sent it out, and asked for responses. We got 5,000 responses back. Wow. He told me, do not lose one of them. In the plan that comes out, Every person that contributed should be able to see their footprint on the plan. Wow. Okay, so then we sent the plan out and, again, asked people to look to see if they found what they had suggested. Look at the plan as a whole, evaluate it from their perspective, and then help us to identify the priorities and then send us any further ideas, reactions, suggestions. We got 15,000 back. Oh, my gosh. Wow. How do you even go through that many responses and then incorporate them? Every other Friday night for three hours. <laughs> yeah, for three hours. And the more and more I hear about Bishop Pilla, this becomes less and less surprising that he would do something like this. And every other Friday and being so faithful to that and to have such yes. a mind for oh, justice. Absolutely. He sounds like an incredible bishop. Yeah. Yeah. He was really good. 